We've been talking this week about the Census Bureau. People are getting their forms in the mail and, and probably as we speak and making decisions like the one you and I were talking about over whether or not even to fill in that box uh, next to white, black, Hispanic, white, Samoan. Uh, but these categories change drastically as our cultural views of race change. Back in the 1830s and 40s, for example, your choices on the census form were white, black, Indian, and different kinds of what people called mulattoes or mixed-race people. Now whites is just one category among a whole host of them. And what it means to be other than white happens a lot more often than it used to, but we don't very often talk about what it means to be white. But somebody who's thought a lot about it is Nell Irvin Painter. She's the author of the new book, The History of White People. It basically says whiteness is a concept. It's not a thing. And there's a complex history behind it. So let me ask you, Nell, I'm, I'm very multiracial. So when I go to fill in my census box, I know what I'm going to check. But in the early days of the census, part of my background was black. I, I probably have to check the box next to black only, right? One drop of blood would have made me African-American. You wouldn't have had that choice. The... Um the possibility of the person being able to decide is something new. So in the 19th century, the census taker would go around and look at you and decide. So from one, ten, one decade to another, you could, your race could change. And you were in a box, and once you were in that box, that was the end. No, you could get out of the box if the next 10 years the census taker decided you were somewhere else. So, <laughs> but they named the plus boxes. The ca- they named the boxes, but the categories changed. So... Uh, you mentioned that there was mulatto uh, at one point. I think it was the 1840s or the 1850s. It came and went fairly quickly. But in the early 20th century, uh, white people started getting broken down again um, into immigrant, native-born, where were you born, where were your parents born, and so forth. And uh, the um, the immigrant white stuff uh, started disappearing in the middle of the 20th century. But I should say in uh, 1790, for the first census, the only race named was white, Hmm. and there were four or five different categories. You know, let me ask you about what was your thought in in terms of writing this book, which clearly took you a very long time. I mean, the research is thorough. (laughs) Yeah, a century. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a provocative title. Yeah. and it, it's written by an African-American woman. And, and I, I have to stop and ask myself, what made you, as you were thinking about your place as an African-American woman and all the racial issues that you deal with on a daily basis and have your whole life, why did you come down to saying, I want to I talk about whiteness? I was so naive. I thought that having a Ph.D. and being a historian and doing lots and lots of research would qualify me for writing on whatever I wanted. It really was a question of curiosity. I started off with the question, well, why are white people called Caucasian? Huh? <laughs> that, that was oh, where I've I started. If it hadn't been in the Caucasus <laughs> <Right>. Mountains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you ended up with this, this entire examination of what is white. Yeah, yeah. One of the things you talk about in your book, how you, originally people separated others according to where they lived or, or what they did in their daily life, whether they were warriors or farmers mm-hmm. and not their color of their skin. And, and this all mis- mix, mishmash began to change in the United States when we got so many immigrants. Uh, we didn't know how to handle uh, the people coming from other countries and, yeah, and yeah, where was, they were born. Well, handle, uh, ca- let's say categorize. How's right. That? Yeah. Separation was a question of segregation, and that that was, in in law at least, uniquely aimed toward people of African descent. Mm. 
But in terms of categorization, those categories have changed time and time again. And as you note, they often pertain to immigration. And so the people who get stigmatized by race are the people who were doing the low-paid or unpaid dirty work. So in the black-white system, it's black people or Negroes. And in the white systems, it's either the Celtic race of the mid-19th century, the Irish, or in the early 20th century, the Jewish race, the Italian race, Mm. the Slavic race. Since you're speaking about that particular Mm -hmm. time, we have this clip of tape from former New York Governor Alfred Smith. He was Irish-American. He's talking about... He was half (laughs) (laughs) Irish-American. He talks about this very thing in the neighborhood where he was growing up. This is part of a series of speeches from 1943 that were Ah. supposed to try and unify people Mm -hmm. during the the war effort. At the public school where I was stationed, which, by way, was on Oliver Street... Parents were of every race in the world. Irish, Jewish, Italians, Poles, Spaniards, Greeks, Slavs, and a lot more that I don't remember. That's great. (laughs) That's every race in the world there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which all happens to be races that we now think of as white. Uh, Pretty much so. (laughs) Um, And there, until quite recently, until the 1960s, there were two racial dialogues going on in the United States. Uh, one was more or less Southern, and that was black-white. And the other had to do with various kinds of white people, which is what Alfred Smith was talking about. So when in um, 19... He was talking 43, which is a, in the middle of the switch. But in the 20s, if you said the racial problem and you were talking about any place outside the South, it would be the races that he enumerated. Mm. You know, one of the things that you you have captured so smartly in your book is is the fact that there's no real such thing as white, that it has been so mutable over the course of history. Well, that when people talk about white, which, you know, if you go back to Greek and Roman times, there was no such thing. Yeah. But when the idea of white as a race came into being, that meant something totally different as each generation went by, and they started adding people in and taking people out of it. Yeah, I wouldn't say totally different, but certainly different enough so that the discourse changed. And I also wouldn't say white is not a... Well, maybe it's not a thing, but it definitely is a concept, and a concept that changes or... Yeah, changes as having changed over time. Having finished this historical view, did you find hope that... that eventually these racial distinctions will be less important? Uh, Yes and no. I think already the racial distinctions are less important than they were in the age of segregation uh, and extreme poverty for the people considered alien races. So uh, whiteness is not what it used to be. On the other hand, we still have, and as long as we have this tremendous disparity of wealth and um, income in our country, we will still have the Negro or black people as the poor. And currently, with this enormous uh, disparity of income and wealth, the poor are now and will remain disproportionately dark-skinned. Okay, it's a fascinating book. It's called The History of White People. The author is Nell Irvin Painter. Thanks so much. Thank you. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. 
of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.